to reveal a chamber within, he began to feel divinely encouraged in his enterprise. It was a tight squeeze, even for one of his build, but eventually he got through and found himself in what looked to have been a basement storage area. There was blast damage here, as there was everywhere, and much of the ceiling had been shattered when the floors above had come crashing down, but no actual explosion seemed to have occurred in this space. Among the debris lay a scatter of metal crates, some intact, one or two broken open to reveal cuboids of some kind of lightweight foam cladding. Where this had split, Khalid's faint beam of light glanced back off dully, gleaming machines. He broke some of the cladding away to get a better look and discovered the machine was further wrapped in a close-clinging, transparent plastic sheet. Recently, on a visit to relatives in Baghdad, he had seen a refrigerator stacked with packets of food wrapped like this. It was explained to him that all the air had been sucked out, so that as long as the package remained unopened, the food inside would remain fresh. These machines too, he guessed, were being kept fresh. It did not surprise him. Metal he knew was capable of decay, and machinery was, in his limited experience, even harder to keep in good condition than livestock. There was, unfortunately, no way to profit from his discovery. Even if it had been possible to recover one of these machines, what would he and his family do with it? He turned to go, and the faint beam of his torch touched a crate rather smaller than the rest. A long, metal cylinder had fallen across it, splitting it completely open, like a knife slicing a melon. It was the shape of its contents that caught his eye, Obscured by the cylinder resting on the broken crate, this lacked the angularity of the vacuum-packed machines. It was more like some kind of cocoon. He put his torch down, and, by using both hands and all his slight body weight, he managed to roll the cylinder to one side. It hit the floor with a crash that raised enough dust to set him coughing. When he recovered, he picked up his torch and directed the ever-fainter beam downward, praying it might reveal some treasure he could bear back proudly to his family. The light glanced back from a pair of staring eyes. He screamed in terror and dropped the torch, which went out. That might have been the end for Khalid, but Allah is merciful and bountiful and permitted two of his miracles together. The first was that as his scream died away, for want of breath, not want of terror, he heard a voice calling his name. Khalid, where the hell are you? Come on, or you're in big trouble. It was his favourite brother, Ahmed. The second miracle was that another light came on in the storeroom to replace his broken torch. This light was red and intermittent. In the brightness of its flashes, he looked again at the vacuum-packed cocoon. It was a woman in there. She was young and black and beautiful. And of course she was dead. His brother shouted his name again, sounding both anxious and angry. I'm all right, he called back impatiently, his fear fading with Ahmed's proximity, and of course the light. Which came from? Where? He checked, and his fear came back with advantages. The light was coming from the end of the metal cylinder he had so casually sent crashing to the floor. There were western letters on the metal which made no sense to him, but one thing he did recognise, the emblem of the great Shaitan, who was the nation's bitterest foe. 
Now he knew what had come crashing through the roof, but had not exploded. Yet. He scrambled towards a fissure through which he'd entered. It seemed to have constricted even further, or fear was making him fat, and for a moment he thought he was caught fast. He had one arm through and was desperately trying to get a purchase on the ruined outer wall when his hand was grasped tight, and next moment he was being dragged painfully through the gap into Ahmed's arms. His brother opened his mouth to remonstrate with him, saw the look on his face and needed no further persuasion to obey when Khalid screamed, Run! They ran together, the two brothers, straining every sinew forward like two champions contesting the final lap in an Olympic race, except that in this competition, whenever one stumbled, the other reached out a steadying hand. The tape they were running to was the Euphrates, whose blessed waters had provided fertility and sustenance to their ancestors. For